physical copy of the newspaper because this is a night where you are going to remember where you were obviously as big as uh, big as stakes as you can have perhaps the orange jumpsuit is for is forthcoming vladimir putin he he doesn't believe in the rule of law uh she doesn't they all systematically work to break down the rule of law just like donald trump if i were like donald trump's lawyer right now and thank god i'm not um i would be advising my client to be telling my family I am looking at jail time, and we should, you know, make plans accordingly. For the FBI to get a warrant and go search Mar-a-Lago, what needs to happen? Uh, the world needs to move. I mean, I can't overemphasize to you, John, what a, how big of a deal this would have been within the Department of Justice and the FBI. This is, a, this is not, you know, a couple of agents showing up at some judge's door in the middle of the night to get an emergency warrant. This is something that would have been planned out uh, and reevaluated and uh, legally examined from every possible angle by the entirety of the leadership structure of both organizations. So let's remember that to get a search warrant in any case, whether it's you or I or the former president, you have to go before a federal judge and convince that judge that there is probable cause to believe both that a, cr a federal crime has been committed and that evidence of that crime is is contained within the space you have described. Here with me now, CNN senior uh, legal analyst and former federal prosecutor, Ellie Honig. Ellie, nice to see you again. What we know and what we don't know, yeah. both very important. So let me start with the easy part of this quiz, what we do know, John. Three things that we know for sure. Prosecutors, first of all, established probable cause that a specific federal crime was committed. They established that it was likely that they would find evidence at the location at Mar-a-Lago. And we know that that was approved by a federal judge. Okay, we have that in place. The rest of this is unanswered. One of the biggest questions, what evidence did prosecutors use to establish that probable cause? Now, the way you do this as a prosecutor is you have to write out what we call an affidavit in support of a search warrant. These documents can be dozens of pages. This is actually the one from the Michael Cohen case, which was over 200 pages long. This is the Rosetta Stone. This will tell us everything we need to know. Who has it, though? Prosecutors have it. The judge has it, but it's what we call under seal, meaning not available to us in the public. Donald Trump does not have this document in his possession. He won't get it unless there ever comes a day when he is charged. So, but he does yes. have something. Exactly. He does have what we call a search warrant. Does he have a copy? Yes. Can he release it? Yes. However, there's fairly limited information in this document. It's one page. This is it. This is a sample of it. It tells you where is to be searched, Mar-a-Lago, what are they looking for? It'll say things like documents, papers, computers. It won't get into specificity usually. Who's the judge and when does the FBI have to conduct the search warrant by? However, sometimes there is an attachment to this. 
And that can tell you, here are the crimes that prosecutors allege may have been committed. So Donald Trump does have that document, but it will not give chapter and verse. Another important document that Donald Trump has will answer the question of, what did the FBI take from Mar-a-Lago? Now, this is called a return. It's basically an invoice. It's a receipt. The FBI will say, here's what we took out of your property. But again, there is a level of generality to that. They're not going to detail every piece of paper. It will more likely say something like 12 boxes, X number of laptops, that kind of thing. But Donald Trump has that. He can release that, too. Again, if it's innocuous, though, the warrant itself, why wouldn't he release it? Is it a possibility of an attachment that outlines the crimes? That could well be. I think that would be the most important thing. If there is that attachment, and it fairly frequently does have an attachment to it, it would say, typically, we believe that here's the crimes we established probable cause. Trump may not want that out there. And again, he could release that if he wanted to. Absolutely. So for all the calls from Eric Garland to come out and say something right now, Trump could do that. They both have information, but yes, Trump could release that. All right, what other questions do you have outstanding? So what documents exactly were still at Mar-a-Lago at the moment the search warrant was executed? Now, we know that earlier this year, there were 15 boxes of, of documents delivered from Mar-a-Lago to the National Archives. DOJ then obtained those same 15 boxes from the National Archives. Now, DOJ, as our new reporting has shown, started to grow suspicious and learned there were other documents there and started to grow distrustful of the way they were being handled. They went in, did the search warrant, and our reporting now is that DOJ has grabbed about 12 more boxes from Mar-a-Lago. What's in there? We will find out. And then there's a question of, why did DOJ exactly use a search warrant instead of less intrusive means? And there's a really interesting history here. Back in June, there was this, these meetings that Caitlin Collins and others have reported for us, where investigators went and met with Trump's team at Mar-a-Lago, saw that there were shown that there were other boxes of documents in the basement. Then the investigators came back and said, hey, throw a padlock on that. Save mm -hmm. them for us. So why were investigators OK with that? Why were they OK with those documents staying at Mar-a-Lago for months and months until August 8th, until two days ago, when they executed the search warrant. That's an intrusive means, and I think ultimately DOJ is going to have to justify it. Again, and that's one of the unanswered questions here. The answer to that, if it exists, might explain something. Yeah. One of the things being thrown out there by Trump allies is, oh, well, this information was all declassified anyway. Yeah, so Pam Brown has new reporting that that may well be one of the defenses. One of the potential crimes here is mishandling of classified documents that we may see a defense that, well, Trump actually did declassify it. Now, look, you have to do it while you're president. You can't do it now, many months later. The question is, did he actually declassify? There's no specific form you have to fill out to declassify. The president has broad authority over that. The question is, what does the evidence show? Is there actually proof that he declassified? But watch for that. That could be a battle coming up. You know, everyone calling for Merrick Garland to come forward with information. Yeah. Will DOJ do so? So he can. He's allowed to. I would love to hear him call a press conference for today and tell us what's going on. But I do not believe he will, given his history and given a really important prosecutorial principle. You do not talk about pending investigations. Part of that is strategic. Bill Belichick doesn't walk his playbook across to the other sideline and say, here's what we're doing. No, right? he, he takes practices. <laughs> well, that's true, actually. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 14th of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Not 2022, like I said on my last show. 23. And that was our way back machine. I wanted us to remember what the media act like when it's a Republican. Now we're going to do our normal bump, and you're going to see the Attorney General, 
You're going to see Kamala making an ass out of herself, the president making an ass out of himself, and more importantly, NBC News asking about the first lady and another uh, CNN bite that this really hurts Joe Biden. Uh On November 14th, pursuant to Section 600.2B of the Special Counsel Regulations, I assigned U.S. Attorney Lausch to conduct an initial investigation to inform my decision whether to appoint a special counsel. Mr. Lausch has served as the U.S. Attorney in Chicago since 2017. Before that, he spent more than a decade as an assistant U.S. But I'm, I, among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Hey, raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, right? Um, think of the movement through the lens of something I love, which is to always think about complex issues through the, the, the frame of a Venn diagram. I love Venn diagrams. I love, <laughs> I do, I love Venn diagrams. So, See what I'm saying, so, she is nerdy, I'm just saying. <laughs> so the three circles, and you can do more, nobody says a Venn diagram has to only be three circles, right? And, and the intersection then, right, in terms of also movements. You know, I like Venn diagrams, okay? So if you look, I do. Remember Venn diagrams, those three circles, right? And then let's just see where they overlap. I love Venn diagrams, okay? (laughs) I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) I just love Venn diagrams. You know, the three circles, right? Sometimes there are more. I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) You know, the three circles. I really do, I love Venn diagrams, you know, the three circles, sometimes there are more. He sees the Venn diagram of it all. He sees that there are those circles, and mm-hmm. maybe people seem that they're a little different. They live in different parts of the country. They may be different age or different race. But that area in the middle, that overlap. I happen to love Venn diagrams. Yes, you know, those three circles. I have constructed a Venn diagram on this. Remember those three circles, how they overlap? I love Venn diagrams. I just, like, just... Throw it into a Venn diagram. I'll tell you everything you need to know about any issue, especially where there is, you know, you're trying to understand the intersection and the connections, right? So I I brought props. I just have two, so bear with me. Venn diagram. Let me hold it. Wow. Wow. (laughs) When you look at a diagram of the, uh, just a Venn diagram in that regard, it it tells a a real tale. Here's my Venn diagram. Oh, we have a Venn diagram. I love it. I love it. I brought props. <laughs> well, let me just say, I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> Thank you very much. She's doing really well. She, uh, um, she was under a long time. Uh, for five hours, because what they were doing is they take out, would do the most, meaning remove what they thought might be cancerous, and they'd have to then go back and test it and see what it was. But she's doing really well. She's up. We had uh, we had breakfast this morning. She's uh, she's recovering, um, and she's gonna be sore for a while because of the work they did on her eyes. And uh, but on, you know that's where one one of these uh, these were. 
But she is a zero, zero to one percent chance of ever return of any cancer. And so thank God she is doing really well. Thank you for asking. President Biden there answering two very different questions, one about the First Lady's health after we had learned she had two cancerous, uh, potentially cancerous lesions removed, and another, uh, which many have, a question about these classified documents. And a big question of, has been how these documents got where they were. I, we talked about the former private office. Biden said yesterday that the second document that was found was inside his garage next to his Corvette. Has the White House offered any explanation for how the documents got there in the first place? Well, you know, this morning, the CNN team has done sort of a reconstruction of the earliest days of 2017. Uh, this is, of course, when the vice president back then, Joe Biden, uh, was sort of sprinting through the final days of him being in office. And what we learned is that uh, he had an incredibly busy last uh, few weeks and few days uh, of the vice presidency, including a last minute trip to Ukraine, going to Davos, uh, this surprise uh, Medal of Freedom ceremony uh, that was given to him by the president then, President Barack Obama. And we are told that that made everything so much more hectic. And there were lower level assistants, uh, lower level staff who were mostly involved in packing up his belongings. But there were, of course, several offices that had to be packed up. And all of this made things so much more hectic and so crazy. And Kathy Chung, the executive assistant at the time, we now know was one of the people that was interviewed as a part of this process, Caitlin. Yeah. And they still haven't said who exactly. So, of course, we're going to be covering the documents today. We're going to do an army a military corner section, and a little woke. But I want to get some stuff done up front. This is a good story. The Florida National Guard were helping immigrants off boats. And the Biden administration said it was a big old stunt because whenever things happen that make them look bad, it's a stunt. Well, right after they made this, it's a stunt. Well, lo and behold, the Coast Guard asked for help. So I wanted to make sure we knew up front that uh, Joe Biden sucks. And as we were going through all this stuff, don't think the media isn't still talking about Trump. This was mediaite. This was the uh, the fourth story down. This was the fifth story down. So we got breaking, we're going to investigate, special prosecutor, oh wow. But no, they're they're still going to do Trump. And then we had some positive. Washington Post, a very liberal lady saying that the guys who pushed for more power with McCarthy actually had some things right. And then surprisingly, because this new CNN is not the old CNN, but it's still CNN, they pushed back a little bit on a few of these people. And surprisingly, if you tune in, they're covering everything, which is just really kind of cool. We had some votes this week. One was a unanimous except for one person vote for... China, to protect America against China. And only one representative didn't. And it was Presley. Because once again, that could start anti-Asian hate, which is predominantly done by her ethnicity.
One area where we have seen some bipartisanship this week is on the new committee that has been found focused on China and the United States' competition with China. You actually voted against that committee, even though a lot of Democrats voted for it. Can you explain why you voted no? I voted no because, again, it's a it's a, another uh, a sham uh, effort here. It's really uh, clear that this is just a committee that would further embolden uh, anti-Asian rhetoric and hate and put lives at risk. We have enough infrastructure and governance uh, to tackle those issues that we don't need the select committee. And that is why I voted no, because I am afraid that it will embolden anti-Asian rhetoric and hate. So do you think the 146 Democrats who voted yes on it are wrong in their votes? We just see it differently. All right, Congressman Ayanna Presley, thank you so much for your time this morning on all of these very important subjects. And good luck in your next two years. Don't worry. They're still doing their identity politics. Here are the left literally pushing suffrages shit again because there was a bill that they all voted against, which is to protect a born alive baby. I know they did this a million times last time they controlled the Congress, but, you know, just to get them on record, the left is all about killing babies. They're so into it. Here is Andrea Mitchell correcting on air a reporter for using the word pro-life. Uh, rape or incest or, you know, other forms of sexual violence. And she ended up voting for the abortion measures. Explain that. Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day, she was, as she described herself, pro-life and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me here. just interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, I Andrea. I understand. Anyway, that was her explanation. In uh, our last little nugget, before we close uh, this segment and go into Military Corner with just the, the perfect of all perfect fucking sound bites are just great. CNN, once again, they love this toad. Adam Schiff. They just love Adam Schiff. He fed them so many good, just juicy leaks that were all lies. You know, none of it was true. And they don't like people criticizing him. So McCarthy is doing a press conference. I want you to think back. Did they ever pull away from a Nancy Pelosi conference? You, you, you don't, you can't remember one because it, it didn't happen. Um, it just never happens. But they did. Clarence, you asked me questions about Santos. You asked the questions about Swalwell. Not only was he getting a clearance, he was inside an intel committee. He had more information than the majority of all the members. Did you ever raise that issue? No which you should have. You're going to tell me there's 200 other Democrats that couldn't fill that slot, but they kept him on it? The only way that they even knew it came forward is when they went to nominate him to the Intel Committee. And then the FBI came and told the leadership then, he's got a problem. And they kept him on. 
That jeopardized all of us. Adam Schiff openly lied to the American public. All right, so we're listening into that new House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. He's continuing um, taking questions from reporters, a lot of questions from reporters. This is his first weekly press conference. So, as promised, the first two on this, and then Seth Meyers, are classic misinformation by our media. And Biden now has three batches. They were in a house owned by Hunter. It was next to his fucking car. We're going to cover it after Military Corner, but I really wanted to take a break from the serious shit and get a Military Corner in today. They literally are going with planted. They actually think they can do that because, you know, Joe Biden's so good. And they're so crushed that now they can't get Trump again. I think that's what this is about because, you know, let's be honest. Hillary got away with all sorts of shit. 30,000 emails she deleted, 60 that they found, broken devices, bit torrent cleaning of fucking shit. I don't think it was bit torrent, something bit. I can't remember what it was. Bleach bit. And she walked. And they really believe, well, we can still get Trump because Americans are stupid and they're not going to remember that we let Hillary get off. Well, now Biden's like all a soup bone. He's got documents everywhere. And he he literally, we'll see after the military corner, fuck, it's next to my Corvette, so it's all good. And remember these laws, if you listen to smart people like Shapiro, which I do, I remember from with Hillary. There's no intent for these laws. If your dog is in your office and he grabs a top secret document, eats it, and shits it at your house, you go to jail. Doesn't matter your dog did it. If your wife accidentally grabs something and scribbles on it and walks out of your office, you go to jail. There's no intent. You don't have to steal. That's a totally different set of laws. That's espionage. Accidentally fucking up with this shit isn't good. Hold one. Sorry, I'm making sure the wife's home. Oh, she's not home. Um, so this whole concept about planted is just hilarious. And you're going to, you know, the second sound bites the view. You expect that. And Seth Meyer, you expect it. And yeah, Hank Johnson, yeah, he thought Guam was going to tip over. I've seen that sound bite a bunch this week, so I'm not playing it. But I'm just shocked. So here's a misinformation bump with those three asshats straight into Mill Corner. And you're going to watch a live fire by, I don't know who it is, Hunter First Airborne, Curry, and a Claymore explosion. That's some sexy-ass shit. And I will see you on the other side. My response to it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of uh, of uh, Joseph Biden. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated, and um, 
And that's, that's what I call for, is for everything to be investigated. But I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm, I'm also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people. But you know what I think? I've never Trump. seen a, a luckier person than Donald Trump. Just as we're this close well, to getting him, but you somehow know these but it, documents you know what, appear. But here's the thing. Biden is wrong to have done this. He, he was in office wrong. for well, 40 years. Find out, let's that. find out what this is first. Now, again, mm, one of the things that gets true. me crazy is before we know, it's already been spun a specific yeah. way. I don't want to see that. The, I want to see... Someone explain to me, A, how it's possible that after all this time, nobody yeah. knew this. Because to me, if you're missing classified information, I don't mean to laugh, but in my house, does, if stuff is missing, I know it's does missing. Does it feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? It's I, not. I it did originally, but I'm sorry, sorry. but not, not now. Because one of the things, one of the things he's saying is that, you know, some of these, some of the locations where the docs may have been shipped in the transition I may see. have gotten taken. President Biden said yesterday that he was surprised by the news that classified documents were found in his old think tank office and added, he wasn't sure what was in the files. Ah, uh, yes, the old grandpa caught shoplifting maneuver. Uh, what's that? There's something in my pocket. Oh, Charleston Chew. How could that happen? After classified documents were found in his old think tank office, President Biden said yesterday, people know I take classified documents, classified information seriously. He then added, even the aliens at Area 51 know that, damn it! So a few similarities, but mostly huge differences. Calling them the same is like calling both of these guys Olympic sprinters. <laughs> when Biden's lawyers found the small number of documents, they immediately turned them over. Trump, on the other hand, kept refusing. The FBI kept finding more documents, totaling over 300, even after Trump claimed he'd handed them all over. He was even moving boxes of classified documents around for some reason, which is suspicious, no matter what's inside. If I had a box that I kept moving, every time my wife asked me to get rid of it, she'd start to get curious, even though I clearly labeled it work stuff, not action figures I overpaid for on eBay. Biden voluntarily handed them over without even being asked. Trump, on the other hand, was given multiple opportunities to come clean and refused. And yet, that has not stopped newly empowered Republicans from equating the two situations in the dumbest way possible. soldiers from Dog Company, 2nd Battalion, 506th Infantry Regiment, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault, conduct a combined arms live fire exercise. Slow it down, slow it down. Listen to my call. Higby, hit it. Rainey. Go. The combined arms live fire exercise consists of a maneuver company advancing towards a series of objectives. Hurry up, Brainy, get your silhouette down. Prep the rounds.
Their mission is complete once the enemy on the objective has been destroyed and the objective secured. There is also a mounted company using up-armored military vehicles to provide support for the maneuver platoons. Major General James C. McConville, Commanding General of the 101st Airborne Division, tells the soldiers why this training is important. Because first of all, you've got to be discriminately lethal, you've got to be agile, and you've got to be adaptive. And that's what you're doing out here. You've got to make sure that you can do the base skills. Now, I'm not going to do any slides. I just love this background, so I'm letting helicopters land. Before we start, I want to show you, we did a show of force for Russia this week. And it's a little long of a video, but you're never going to see dozens of C-17s flying in the fucking air. So, you can thank me.
That's pretty fucking badass. So, right off the bat, the Pentagon has dropped the COVID-19 vaccine vaccine mandate. Service member refused COVID-19 vaccines, say they face obstacles despite policy reversals. So what are they going to do with all these guys you booted over a vaccine that didn't do anything and now is proving to be really, really bad for people? What, what, what are we going to do? Anybody? I, I, I just... I just don't understand. How do you back this off? You booted people the fuck out. Blast exposure history could soon be part of the medical record. It should be. And I love this headline. I was going to put it up, but I don't. I can read it, and it doesn't need to be seen. Blanchfield Arnott Community Hospital adds weekly clinic to help patients access contraceptive needs. People can't get seen. They're using the fucking emergency room. But contraceptive, because once again, it's all woke. It's, it has nothing to do with health care or people's heads or suicides. It's just woke. Woke's all they care about. Incidentally, 2023, TRICARE fees are going up for everybody. So we don't even know what it's going to be. It's just going to happen. So, Army is already upgrading its next-gen goggles to be less uncomfortable. And, man, these things are ugly. I... I I saw him for the first time. Let me let me get a screen grab of this. I I gotta admit, man. I no. Let me pull it up because it's. I should have grabbed this because I forgot. I I saw this article and I was just like, Are you serious? Because you got to understand, when it gets, when, when it fucking gets dark, you, you put these on. I know I'm stammering, but you put these on. And they're on your head all night, walking with a 100-pound rucksack. Fuck that. Not doing it. Um, U.S. Army. Buying Microsoft AR after soldiers said they would have gotten us killed. So those are the dual reality. And they're saying, yeah, I can't see shit. Why the Skillcraft pen has been used by military for 55 years. you got to understand, it's the worst goddamn pen in the world. And um, I'm going to play this PSA because this is extra special fucking gay. And so ends another lively installment of Sneak Previews. Stark mirror image, the keeper, and the conclusion of America. Three Hollywood greats coming soon to your source, the Far East Network, Philippines. Fraud, waste, and abuse is a big topic in the military these days. We've all heard about the big items, the flashy equipment that makes all the papers. But there is one piece of equipment that's being abused that is so essential to the functioning of the military that if we ever lose it, the whole show could come to a screeching halt. This. Its official name is pen, ballpoint, black, retractable. But most of us know it as the government pen. This much maligned, much abused instrument is really a miracle of modern technology. Its standard uses range from doodling to signing documents 
notes, memos, and other various correspondence. But its real function, as we all know, is a multi-purpose tool for every occasion. It's a copy stirrer, a drumstick, a phone dialer, a calculator, even a pressure valve. These instruments are so versatile that everyone wants one for themselves, or even 20 or 30 for themselves. We can try to personalize them by breaking off the clips, chewing the ends, putting tape on them, or anything to identify it as our pen, and we take them home. Who can honestly say they've never had two or three government pens in their junk drawer at home? How about the glove box in your car? Have you ever found one under the sofa or behind the refrigerator? How about in the laundry? Do they multiply by themselves? There is a vast untapped resource of government pens out there that, if ever returned, could go a long way towards balancing the budget. These pens cost around 19 cents a piece at current prices, or $2.33 a dozen. Is there an endless supply of these tools? I think not. They're not indestructible. The ink does run out, doesn't it? Well, it must, otherwise they wouldn't sell refills. So why do they keep disappearing from your desk when you need one most, and turning up under your car seat? The government pen is an endangered species. Even though there are many still in captivity, their numbers are dwindling. So the next time 4.30 rolls around and it's time to head for the homestead, check your pockets and do your part to keep this vital piece of military equipment from vanishing forever. from the 70s so that's that's pretty bad new um air force rescue bird got its first test and it's basically a uh 60 mh you know it's got a boom it's not that fucking high tech really the army ranger rangers want an automatic mortar system for better shoot and scoot and that would be badass i i i think i concur with that this dude is Pretty fucking amazing. Soldier earns Ranger Tab, Airborne Wings, Air Assault Badge in one year. Uh, PFC Cooper Hayes has only served in the Idaho National Guard for 14 months. But as a PF fucking C, he went to all those schools. That dude should be a soldier of the year. Troops saw more UFOs, but new Pentagon reported fights for your answers because they never listened to the troops. Get ready for Fort Liberty. They're still going to rename all the goddamn bases because of racism and shit. That, that's good. That, that's fucking fantastic. Here's how Ukraine could use the Bradley fighting vehicles. You know, I don't think Ukraine should have Bradley fighting vehicles. Um, we keep giving out our shit. I know they're dumbed down, they don't have the computer systems, but goddamn, man. Remember Iraq, Iran? Yeah. More than a dozen special operating soldiers at the center of a drug trafficking probe. That's a bad day. Been a lot of SF bad boys lately, and there's been a lot of meltdowns and alcohol and not good shit. 
And then sadly, because all the media is biased, it's just what we have now, sadly. Even military media is biased. Um, meet the Mikes, the new men in charge of the Military and Veterans Oversight Committee. Like, all of a sudden, it's bad that Republicans are doing oversight. And I want to say, for the record, that is so specious because everybody already knows they get more money when it's conservatives. And this picture, tomorrow, I'm going to go back out and walk. It's going to be 27. Big fucking deal. I'll bundle up. I tried to treadmill today. And I will be doing walk nine, and it'll be Afghanistan. And it's not too, you know, in-depth, but, it, you know, I'm going to talk about a lot of shit. So if you're interested in, in Afghan one and the clusterfuck inherit in that because everybody wanted to get their dick in the Kool-Aid because... We didn't know Iraq was going to happen, and it was a war on terror, and everybody wanted to get there. Um, special emphasis will be on Operation Anaconda. So I'll be putting that out tomorrow on Rumble. So we're going to go into our misinformation now. We're going to start with Biden and a picture, a video of his actual car and him stammering, and the press actually giving him some shit over these fucking documents. And I know I teased it with the crazy planted, but... I just got to say, this is totally different. Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas in file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, and th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center, the Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately uh, uh, notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. They tell me, and I'm looking forward, if it's true, to driving one, that they're making an electric Corvette and go 200 miles an hour. You think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, I'm- nothing beyond our capacity. We work together. So God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, thank you, thank you, Mr. President. 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 Thank you,
President, Mr. President, okay. classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. in a garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas in file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center, the Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately uh, uh, no notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm Thank confident. You Thank you very much. Thank you. Who the first set of documents were found in November at the Penn Biden Center here in Washington. But why did it take until yesterday and until this morning, apparently, for whoever it was to inform Robert Lausch that that final document was found? Was that because there were press reports earlier this week? Again, and the hope was that nobody would find out? Again. Or was it because... There is a process, an ongoing process that is occurring. We did this by the book. And what I mean by that is the moment that the lawyers discovered that the papers were there or the documents were there, they reached out to the archives, they reached out to the Department of Justice, and they immediately, rightfully so, reached out to them uh, to let them know what, what they had discovered. You talk about we are being transparent. Who's we and what is the definition of transparent in this case? Is it the lawyers being transparent legally with the archives and the Justice Department, or is it the White House writ large being transparent with the general public? So number one, and I've said this multiple times already, we take this very seriously. The President takes this very seriously. He was not aware that the records were there. Uh, he does not know what, what is in uh, the documents. Uh, again, classified information, uh, classified documents, he takes very seriously. When they were discovered, and this is the right thing to do, right? His lawyers reached out immediately to the archivist. They reached out to Department of Justice to let them know that the, the, the papers or the documents well, assisted. The archivist or the Justice Department? I, because I, the I, Attorney General this morning said that the attorneys reached out to the archives. It was only later in December when the second batch was apparently I, I will, they were I, reaching out to the Justice I will Department. Leave it, I will leave it to what the Department of Justice is laying out. What we are saying that we reached out to the archivist, we reached out to the Department of Justice. That is what is the right thing to do in this case. And not, and, and, and so I can finish here. Um, what has been transparent in this as well is that the White House counsel has let, has laid out uh, in detail on Monday to all of you. everything, Karina, you know that. First of all, I can't talk about this, right, because it is the Department of Justice is reviewing it. There is a review happening, Ed. Right? You know this. We just heard from the Attorney General. 
There is a review. I am limited in what I can say to this. I think you should. I think you should reach out uh, to the White House Counsel. Okay. Okay. I am saying to you that we have put out lengthy statements, and you can reach out to them as you all have been doing. And I will leave it there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why not have them come and answer the question? They have been. They have been talking to you all pretty regularly the last couple of days. We have put out. They have put out lengthy statements on this. I just read out what Richard Sarver had to say, and I would refer you to the White House Counsel. I am limited in what I can say because, because the Department of Justice, we see them as being independent when it comes to these types of issues. And so I'm not going to go beyond what the president said, and I'm not going to go beyond what the lawyers say. I have to go around. You've asked me about. You've asked me. There's going to be a limit in transparency, public, non-legal transparency, and what can be shared and said by this way. I disagree. There has. I disagree. There has not been a limit of transparency. That is. That is. That is. There has not been a limit of transparency. That I will. I will disagree with you on that, Justin. Justin. Thanks, Karina. Thank you, Karina. Another one on GarageGate. What is the White House trying to hide? Nothing. Someone gave the president a statement to read on Tuesday that was incomplete at best, misleading at worst. Who? So I have read out the president's statement. I read it out yesterday and what he said. He said that he respects or he takes classified information and documents very seriously. That's what he said. He said that he did not know that the records were there. He does not know what's in them. He said that. You heard from him directly on this. And his team has been cooperating fully, fully. And not only that, again, I'll say this. The attorney general said this himself, that he heard from the team shortly after. So we have laid out, laid out what has occurred here. You've heard from the White House counsel. I just read the statement from his lawyer. And, again, you know, we take this very seriously, and the president does as well. When will the White House release a log of visitors to the Wilmington House? You know, Peter, you've asked this question, or your colleagues have asked this question before. Let's not forget what we did here in this White House. We instituted something that the last administration got rid of, which is putting out the White House, making sure that there was a White House log, extensive White House log, so the American people got to see. I mean, the Wilmington House where there is potentially unsecured classified material. Again, I am telling you, we did something that the last administration got rid of, which is instituting the White House logs. Did you ask the last administration why they got rid of the White House logs? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Well, the Fox did. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So let's set the table, so to speak. Yesterday, the propaganda press tried to argue that the persecution of Trump over document dispute was justified because they were in a secure home office, whereas Biden's docs were an unsecured business office. Well, that argument went very bad to somehow even worse. So now we have two in office spaces, and we also have one in his home. So we're full of fucking shit. And it's worse 
He did not take Klaxman documents seriously. He failed to follow protocol. None of this is by the book. He did not act immediately. He and his DOJ failed at a cover-up of it. Because these are all Ukraine and Hunter stuff. And here's where it gets glitchy, boys and girls. That's a lease. That house was owned by fucking Hunter Biden. He was living there. And this is why Joe Biden's family business deals with China have always been a problem. Like the time Hunter took Air Force Two with VP to China in 2013 and came back with millions in deals. To be clear, when they say classified documents found at Biden's private office, they mean found at Penn Biden Center, where half that was built by millions of dollars of Chinese money. We now have fucking proof that he talked to Hunter about the big guy. Emails suggest Hunter Biden had access to garage or private, private President Kip classified docs. And I had it out of order, so we'll flip past. There it is. Spoke to Hunter about and met Breeze and Lays on a dinner. Met Hunter's business partners in China. Wrote to Sun's business partner on White House letterhead. Met regularly with Hunter business manager who more than once would pay a bill for VP Biden. But what did CNN, you know, they, they were covering it, but this is the kind of stuff. His efforts to hold Republicans accountable. Then you got the paid sponsors. This lady's a paid influencer. Maybe the Republicans would just shut the fuck up. Maybe you will shut the fuck up. And then there's the best headline ever. I'm not even going to read it. You read it for yourself. <laughs> now the media sounds like Mega and QAnon. The deep state. Really? And here is just some proof that, you know... This is a serious deal, and intent has nothing. Amid scrutiny of Trump White House docs, DOJ secures prison term for ex-defense employee who mishandles documents. The Guardian, U.S. Navy sailor jailed for taking photos of submarine. This was during 2016 when Hillary was going down. Edward Lynn served six years for mishandling classified documents. Navy engineer sentenced for mishandling classified document. NSA employee charged with mishandling classified document. Former Air Force contractor pleads guilty to illegally taking 2,500 pages of classified information. Yeah, the deep state's coming for Biden. Okay. So we heard the media, some of them being good. Here is MSNBC. Now they're going after Garland. They got their knives out because, once again, he wouldn't prosecute J6. And now he's going after the dear one. Oh, Grandpa Joe. Special counsel regs are for criminal investigations that are extraordinary in nature. And there's something oxymoronic about Garland standing there and saying, we can handle it with integrity, but we won't. Feels like a bit of a dodge. What is Garland protecting? 
You know, well, protecting. I mean, I think he is bowing to the political imperative, which was getting louder and louder and would continue to be. But I think you are 100 percent right. He but even that didn't trigger the appointment of a special counsel. It was Trump that put that in motion when he announced his intention to run for president. In this case, it was about, what, three weeks of looking at the facts and then a special counsel is appointed. Can you explain what looks like a very unequal application of the appointment of a special counsel, Glenn? So it's tough for me to explain the inexplicable. I agree we heard about this special counsel, special counsel appointment for the, the Joe Biden documents um, circumstances at light speed. And so, so I think we're kind of mixing apples and oranges there. DOJ is, is a national security agency. I mean, it houses the nation's prosecutors. It also houses a national security division. And the world's national security crisis is that we are now exporting insurrections. Um, what happened in Brazil is an extension of the language, the rhetoric, and the playbook carried out here, where our judicial system, our rule of law appears very sick if, as Glenn just said, our attorney... And I would be remiss as a podcaster if I didn't play some Republican feedback. So here is uh, a funny motherfucker from Louisiana. God damn it. What was his name? I don't remember. Sorry. Gutfeld and Tucker with some good feedback. And then we're going to go into our next misinformation. Oh, we got another Twitter file, boys and girls. Well, I, I just find all of this surreal. It, it's um, it's almost like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. I, I suppose my first thought is that uh, all of this is yet one more example of why in Washington, D.C., if it were not for double standards, there wouldn't be any standards at all. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Attorney General has appointed a special counsel. I'm not sure he had a choice. Um, the White House has tried, and the White House doesn't have enough hazmat suits to clean up this mess. Aside from the obvious that uh, the Justice Department is investigating President Trump for something that President Biden himself may have done, there are a lot of other intriguing questions for the inspector general. Number one, was there a cover-up? Um, uh, the powers that be have known about all this since November 2nd. It's now the middle of January. Was there a cover-up? Who was involved? Number two, what's the role of the University of Pennsylvania uh, Biden Center in all of this? The, uh, the Penn Biden Center is not some normal Ivy League think tank. It was, we now know that it's in Washington, D.C. It was a hangout, a clubhouse for President Biden and his people before they were inaugurated. And allegedly, it is funded with tens of millions of dollars uh, from China. What, what's up with that? Um, number three, what's the role of the National Archives in all of this? The, the National Archives was scathingly critical of President Trump and his documents. Uh, they've known about all this since November 2nd or 3rd. Um, they've been missing in action with respect to President Biden and his documents. 
you, 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 uh, you couldn't have found them with a search party. We still haven't heard from them. What's up with that? And I guess my fourth question is, um, did any member of Congress know about this? I didn't. And if some of my colleagues knew about it, I'd, I'd like to know why I didn't. Joe raided Mar-a-Lago with the feds. Now he gets a taste of his own meds. That's good. Yeah. Stop it. You're biting into the time. The White House admits that more classified documents were found, this time at one of Biden's homes in Delaware and in his garage. But it's cool, man, because that garage was totally locked. <laughs> Mr. President, okay. classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, the, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. <laughs> well, someone really wants you to know that he owns a Corvette. <laughs> by the way, also the Corvette. All right, Viagra commercial. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all good. No one has ever broken into a locked garage before. <laughs> That's impossible. And it's not like people leave that giant garage door open from time to time, like when they get their Corvette out. You know, I'm thinking we should store our nuclear bombs there. <laughs> Merrick Garland announced uh, Justice Department's appointing a special counsel to review whether Biden mishandled classified info. So how is the White House dealing with this? Come on, just got to trust the process. This is an ongoing process under the review of the Department of Justice. We're going to respect the process, um, and we're just going to allow the process to continue. Process, process, the process. Let the process continue. It's an ongoing process. I am genuinely saying to you there is an ongoing process. This is all part of the Justice Department process as part of that process. And I said because there was a process of justice throughout this process, we just laid out the process that was taken, and that is the process. Yeah. Just trust the process, which is what I told Janet Yellen when I gave her that haircut. <laughs> now, obviously, the White House is going to deflect and defend. Oh, they were in a secure location. The door was locked. He didn't know he was vice president. And it's no surprise the media is on board with that. Right, Joy? There are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the optics are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know? <laughs> we know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. I've never Trump? seen a, a luckier person than Donald Trump. Just as we're this close well, to getting him, but you somehow know these but it, documents you know what, appear. Translation, if I keep shilling for Biden, they keep feeding me pudding. <laughs> Fun fact, her defense required a special microphone so we could hear Joy talking out of her ass. <laughs> it's also... <laughs> it's also worth noting that the first set of documents found at the Penn Biden Center reminds everyone of the connections between Hunter Biden and China. Even Ben Carson couldn't separate those two. Oh. I like what you did there. Yeah. I like that. Good. FYI, after the center opened, the Biden Center, the school raised millions from China and tripled foreign donations. I'm sure it wasn't a kickback. Right, Joe?
I can't even read that classified stuff without my reading glasses. And uh, I might have had a classified in there, but I didn't have any, uh, maybe one secret. No top secret. And I definitely didn't have any of that uh, cross my heart, hope to die, or stick a needle in my eye. I don't even do that anymore. I used to. You know whose eye stuck a needle in? Corn pop. <laughs> Tyrus, do you? Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight it's hard to remember now, but it wasn't that long ago that Andrew Cuomo was not only the governor of New York, but also a legitimate hero in the Democratic Party. Do you remember that? Cuomo was the governor who legalized marijuana, who expanded Medicare, who passed strict gun control, who destroyed the NRA as a political force. He was the governor who more than any other person in this country, including Tony Fauci, effectively defended lockdowns masking in vaccines. In fact, in the fall of 2020, Cuomo won an Emmy Award for his daily COVID briefings. He was an actual celebrity. He seemed like a future president, and everybody said so. But within weeks of getting that Emmy, it began to fall apart. A number of women came forward to claim that Cuomo had once said impolite things in their presence. By the standards of Andrew Cuomo's many scandals in office, it seemed like nothing. But for reasons they never explained, Democratic leaders, leaders of his party in Washington, took this scandal very seriously. They described Cuomo's behavior as sexual harassment, and they called for his resignation. By summer, it had worked. He was out of office and irreparably disgraced. The people who hand out Emmys even took back their award and scrubbed Andrew Cuomo's name from their website. Andrew Cuomo was too immoral to share space with Hollywood actors. And that's pretty immoral. What exactly did Andrew Cuomo do wrong? He outlived his usefulness to the party. That's what he did. He stayed too long. Cuomo was in his 60s. He was white. He was male. He was someone whose demographic profile represented the Democratic Party of the past, not of the future. He talked like a mafia don negotiating garbage contracts. He was a little embarrassing. Because of that, his own people iced him, and they replaced him with someone who looked the part. No one cried when Andrew Cuomo resigned. They just moved on. The Democratic Party is not a sentimental place. It's hard not to think of Andrew Cuomo when you see what is happening to Joe Biden right now. Kamala Harris is certainly thinking about it. Harris was in a suspiciously good mood today. We know this because she was talking about electric school buses again. I love electric school buses, she raved. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus. Harris was grinning the whole time. And why wouldn't she be grinning? That senile white guy who claims to be her boss is finally going down, 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 down. It's a happy day at Kamala Harris's house. But it's not a happy day at Casa Biden. In fact, this is pretty clearly the beginning of the end for Joe Biden. We can't prove that. The future is unknowable. But holy smokes, it does not look good. And it doesn't look good in a very recognizable way. Somewhere in his basement rec room, drinking a Corvoisier on ice, Andrew Cuomo is chuckling to himself. He's seen this movie before. Joe Biden's own aides keep finding stacks of felonies he's left around the place, in his office, in his car. And instead of throwing this evidence in the fireplace, as under normal circumstances they would, they're sending these documents on to the Justice Department. That's not a good sign. Meanwhile, Biden's attorney general, the most unscrupulous, unethical attorney general this country has ever had, 
has somehow decided that actually, in order to maintain his unsullied record of nonpartisanship, he's going to have to pass these documents, these stacks of felonies, onto an independent counsel because that always works out well for a sitting president. And by the way, in this case, the independent counsel is a Republican. Good luck, Joe Biden. Happy 80th birthday. Here's Merrick Garland. On the evening of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center on November 14th, pursuant to Section 600.2B of the Special Counsel Regulations. I assigned U.S. Attorney Lausch to conduct an initial investigation. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> they got Joe Biden. His own people got Joe Biden. But they don't want to wreck the party in the process. Are you following this? So the Department of Justice knew on November 4th that Joe Biden had committed crimes. November 4th was four days before a pivotal midterm election. So naturally, the DOJ didn't issue a press release about it. They didn't dispatch the FBI to raid Biden's home in Rehoboth and root through Dr. Jill's underwear drawer. No chance of that. Biden may be a terrible president, but he's still a Democrat. It's not like he's orange. So Merrick Garland, who is, and we cannot emphasize this enough, a soulless hack who will do anything the Democratic Party requires of him. Merrick Garland kept the news secret long enough to keep other Democrats out of the blast zone. Why hurt everybody else? They're just trying to hurt one guy. It's Joe Biden. So it wasn't until today that we knew Biden had been stashing state secrets in his Corvette. Here's Fox's Peter Ducey. Okay. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, the, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. Street was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas in file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, th this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center, the Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately uh, uh, no notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So that kind of answers that question. If you're still wondering where there is an organized effort within the White House to hurt Joe Biden, all you need to know is this. His staff keeps putting him out there in public to talk, which, of course, he can't do. He can barely read a prepared statement. Notice they did not do that during the last presidential campaign in 2020 because they knew it wouldn't help and they wanted the White House. And it helps even less now, but they're doing it. 
Why are they doing that now? Well, here's a guess. Right after the midterm elections in November, Joe Biden made it clear he had no plans to step aside and make way for Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama. I'm thinking of running again, he said, and he seemed to mean it. Oh, he shouldn't have said that. Next thing you know, he's got a special counsel crawling around his life, armed with subpoena power and a big staff and a big budget. Well, that's how things work in Washington, they'll tell you. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Not unless you have no choice. If you're the president of the United States, a special counsel is the last thing you want. Why? Because you have no idea where that investigation will go. Ask Bill Clinton. He's still mad about it. And that's why there was no special counsel appointed when Hunter Biden's laptop proved that the Biden family was selling influence to the Chinese government. That's why no special counsel ever interviewed Tony. So before we get into the Twitter files, here's some upfront stuff that I find to be very, very important. I will never forget along with this little gem. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals. You may soon overwhelm. Remember that dark winter? Very, very positive and unifying. Very unifying. They were really about unifying the country. Very. NJ6, as it goes out of business, January 6th committee withheld transcripts of sensitive interviews plus records relating to 100 more in total, more than 1,000 interviews, about 280 transcripts released. Even Politico asked the question. And we find out this week that they are going to release the video because... Why don't they release those? You and I know why they don't. They don't fit the narrative. So, we are on Twitter file 14. And this is just really, really bad. I'm going to zoom it up so I can read these. Because this hurts my soul. It hurt my soul. At a crucial moment a year long for Democrats denounced a report about flaws in the Trump-Russia investigation and said it was boosted by Russian bots and trolls. Twitter officials were aghast, finding no evidence of Russian interference. We are feeding congressional trolls, not any significant activity connected to Russia, putting the cart before the horse, assuming this is a propaganda. Twitter warned politicians and media that not only lacked evidence, but had evidence that accounts weren't Russian and were roundly ignored. On January 18th, Representative Nunes submitted a classified memo to the House Intel detailing abuse by the FBI. I remember this. He went through and found that what we knew, they had wiretap, and everything Trump had said was true. They had gone after him just because they could. Remember, Democrats always go too far. Abortion, too far. Trans, too far. Everything is too far. In elections, Obama was going to win, but he didn't think so because the American people are all garbage. That's what his wife's whispering in his ear. We're all a bunch of racist toads. So he went with the IRS. And then they suppressed, right before the election, Benghazi. And if you look at everything, they've suppressed this leak of documents because... They didn't think they'd win the mid-tour. 
They're always suppressing. So they ran with this because they couldn't believe a sh- game show host was winning because they all have internal polls and they see what the media is not saying because the media is just doing a PSYOP. Don't vote. He can't win. HRC is the most qualified candidate ever. The Nunes assertion would virtually be verified in a report by Justice Department Horowitz in 2019. Nonetheless, national media in January and February of 2018 called it a joke, and we played it on the show. On January 23, 2018, Senator Dianne Feinstein and Congressional Congressman Adam Schiff published an open letter saying the hashtag gained the immediate attention assistance of social media accounts attended linked to Russian influence operations. And remember, we find out Feinstein literally had a Russian uh, Chinese spy driving her for years. Feinstein shifts to the, the Nunes memo distorts classified information. But note, they didn't call it incorrect. Something I didn't get. Blumenthal followed suit, published a letter saying we find it reprehensible that Russian agents have so eagerly manipulated innocent Americans. All three of them and media members all pointed to the same source, the Hamilton 68 dashboard created by former FBI counterintelligence officer Chris Waltz under the auspice of the Alliance for Security and Democracy. The dashboard, which features a crude picture of Vladimir Putin devoting deviously blowing evil red Twitter birds into the atmosphere was vague in how it reached its conclusion. Inside Twitter, executives panned Watts, Hamilton, and all this and said it was bullshit. I encourage you to be skeptical of Hamilton 68. Take it on this, which as far as I can tell is the only source for these stories, said Global Policy Communication Chief Emily Horn. All in a swirl is based on Hamilton, said Trust and Safety Yoel Roth. If ASD isn't going to fact-check with us, we should feel free to correct the record as on their work, Policy VP Carlos Mono said. Roth couldn't find any Russian connection to release the memo at all. I just reviewed the accounts and posted the first 50 tweets with release the memo, and none of them show any signs of affiliation with Russia. We investigated, found that engagement as overwhelming organic and driven by VITs, very important tweeters, included WikiLeaks and Congressman Steve King. A staffer for DeFi, Feinstein, agreed it would be helpful to know how Hamilton 68 goes by the process by which they decide an account is Russian, but only after Feinstein published her letter with Russian influence. When Twitter spoke to Blumenthal's staffer, they tried to wave him off because we don't feel that these are bots. Add in another, it might be worth nudging Blumenthal staffer that it could be in his boss best excerpt to shut the fuck up. Blumenthal pushed, published it anyway. Execs eventually grew frustrated over what they saw as a circular process. They expressed their explicitity to Blumenthal camp saying Twitter spent a lot of resources. We can't find shit. Eventually, Twitter staff realized he's not looking for the truth. He just wants to push the agenda. I'm paraphrasing some of these ultimately senior executives talked about feeling congressional trolls if you give a mouse a cookie i don't care about the story the metaphor for the endless russian request was so perfect one exec wrote i legit embarrassed i didn't think of that first despite universal intent internal convictions that there were no russians in the story twitter went on to follow a slavish pattern of not challenging any claim by Democrats. Because it's the same team. Same team. It goes on, but you get the point. 
Supplemental. Adam Schiff bans requests and deamplification. Staff of House Democrat Adam Schiff wrote Twitter quite often, asking tweets he take down. The important use of taxpayer resources involved an ask about a Peter Douche parody photo of Joe Biden. The DNC made the same request. He's showing Biden going, it was just a joke. The real issue was Donald Trump retweeted the Biden pic. To its credit, Twitter refused to remove it, with Trust's Safety Chief Joel Ross saying it had obvious humorous intent. And any reasonable observer, apparently not Schiff's staff. Schiff's staffer Jeff Lonestein didn't give up. He said this is a slippery slope. They love saying that. Twitter also refused requests for bans of content about Shift and his staff, completely suppression, any of all search results about Mr. Misco and other committee staffers. Even when Twitter didn't suspend an account, that didn't mean they didn't act. Schiff office repeatedly completely or complain about QAnon related activity. There were often tweets about other matters like the identity of Ukraine whistleblower or the Steele dossier. Twitter policy at the time didn't ban QAnon but deamplified such accounts. We can internally confirm that a number of these accounts flagged already deamplified. Schiff's office had a concern about deamplification, though it make it might make it harder for law enforcement to track the tweets. We appreciate greatly. We are curious we're curious whether any deamplification measure implemented by Twitter enforcement, which we appreciate greatly, could make it harder for people to go to jail. For more, watch this because we got more. They knew they were lying. They knew it, and they kept doing it. Here, he's arguing with people about what he reported. The office's shift said they appreciate greatly Twitter's effort to de-amplify certain accounts, but worried such shadow bans might impede the ability of law enforcement. The next one is from our misinfo team. They're upset these people came back. Ted Lieu goes off on Matt Taibbi for just reporting shit. In there, he says, also, my story wasn't about 2016 in the jury. It was about the grossly dishonest campaign by your congressional colleagues to depict the release the memo hashtag as driven by Russian influence. Care to address the actual story? And of course he doesn't because he's Ted Lieu. What Lou leaves out is the DOJ indicted 12 individuals they knew would never show up in court but had to drop two related cases. And that was about Russia. It was, it was just bullshit. It was all bullshit. It was a lie from Jump Street. And that takes us right into the next one. Gas stoves. Now they're making it a joke. Here... The suggestion that conservatives would just imagine a war on gas stoves as part of a culture war is actual, literal gaslighting. Axios story. The New Republic. No, this is WAPO. The New Republic's Richard Tonka, a commissioner with the U.S. Consumer Safety, told Bloomfield the AG was considering banning gas stoves. Conservatives got heated on Twitter, but no such ban has happened. 
These are back-to-back from WAPO. On Monday, Commissioner Trump got Democrats... A Democrat said in an interview that he had not ruled out a ban. The next day, by raising fears of ban on gas stoves, Republicans are in some way taking a page from former President Trump. Stories from the Washington Post in the two-day period. No one is coming after gas stoves. Republicans are just making up gas stoves. Why regulators are banning gas stoves? Why banning gas stoves is actually a good thing. So much so that they made a joke about it. And AOC, and I'm going to play these back to back, literally joked about it and all the hot takes about gas stoves. I do think it's funny the like absolute utter Republican meltdown where they're like, you can take my gas stove or my cold dead hands or how dare you talk about gas stoves. You have a gas stove. First of all, first of all, I rent, period. Second of all, though, it doesn't even matter because by that logic, these are the same people who would have said we should have never gotten rid of leaded gasoline just because someone may have driven a gasoline car. Science evolves and gives us new knowledge with time. done a great job marketing. I have to give it to them, but gas stoves emit a lot of the same pollutants that come from our car tailpipes in your home. That that can't be good for you. I know. This is Brady Seals. She recently wrote a study that I hate, showing me that everything I ever aspired to is a disappointing illusion. A kitchen island and a gas stove are what dreams are made of. Are you trying to tell me that the, the gas stove industry has been gaslighting me? I'm sorry to say it, but burning gas in our buildings is actually contributing about 10% to our carbon emissions. Big Gas doesn't want you to know that when you use your gas stove, it's directly linked to fracking, climate change, and even your lungs. Lungs are like my third favorite pulmonary organ. I, I just, once again, love our media um, because they make, they always make it it's it's a uh, uh fucking it's all a fucking um conspiracy by the right but they're the ones that bring it up and they actually believe that asthma there were studies there were all sorts of stories we covered it and it's the most specious thing because it's natural gas it burns fucking clean and then they run stories like this. It's just like poor Biden with the documents. Oh my God, poor Mayor Pete. He's just a victim. It's not that he's incompetent and he has no ability to do the fucking job. No. No, 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 no. It's the fact that all these poor things are making him not be able to run for president. And he'd be our first gay president. And that's all that really matters. I mean, that's how he got the job. He's gay. That's the important thing. 
But interestingly enough, this article was found on Real Code Politics, and that's the first time I've ever seen it. Because remember, you talk about Soros, you're a piece of shit. You're a racist. You're anti-Semitic. But everybody in the world knew the Koch brothers. I mean, goddamn, that one Speaker of the fucking House spent all his time, or uh, Senate Majority Leader Reed, all he talked about was the Koch brothers. Everybody knew the Koch brothers. Then they would literally say that Hillary Clinton or Biden's got $7 trillion and the Republicans only got 600000 so they can't win, or $600 million. But all that dark money, where was it coming from? We never knew because nobody ever did the studies. We'll never find out why Nancy, well, we know why, but you'll never hear a report of how did Nancy Pelosi come, become a $100 millionaire when she's from San Francisco and she earns $160,000 a year or whatever they gave the raise now. I don't know what the raise is. Probably two hundred sixty. Um, you ever hear that? And then the last thing, and I don't mean to shit on people because I'm unemployed. I lost my job because I'm sick. Well, granted, you know, a girl took me out and I didn't see that coming because I was so fucking sick. I'm still sick, but I'm not as sick as I was then. And I was just sick. So I lost my job. The only positive is the guy that pushed me out the fucking door. He got fired two weeks later because he's incompetent. Fuck. But this was all over the place and people gnashing teeth and whining about layoffs and how sad it is. And, oh, my God, this is horrible, these poor people. And my tweet on this, and I'm not going to post it up, is how I feel about it. This is so media elite. And it was to Ben Collins who retweeted the layoff about this guy. And I just said, what the fuck? What the actual fuck do we care about these people? Everybody's got a bad time. The economy is fucking garbage. And you people are whining because you're getting laid off. Maybe if you actually covered stories objectively more than just progs would read your shit. But now all you guys do, as we showed in the lead-in, is report Trump. It's all Trump all the time. It's fucking boring as shit. And you never step out of your bubble. And, you know, you're still saying the economy. Nina Turner the other day. Don't tell me the economy is good because eggs is at $7. And everybody jumped on it and said, no, it's eight or nine. And I said, good on you. I hate that lady. She's a racist. She would fucking shoot me in the face if she could. I'm a white guy. She hates white people. But the point of the matter is, at least she's saying it because nobody else will say it. The left and all the media elites are just all in lockstep. This economy is great. Joe Biden has brought us off the brink again. It's, they're trying to relive Obama. But it's not true. The economy is garbage. People are making really hard decisions. And I'm not going to feel sorry for Ezra Kaplan or anybody else who gets laid off. The fact of the matter is, you only do activism. Blame the Democratic Party for not giving you enough money. And then there was one more before we move into trans, because trans is now part of our misinformation, because it's the biggest misinformation we got right now. This is from Ben Collins. Unspeakable violence directed me from the YouTube recommended 
algorithm. And I go, this is so media elite. Who doesn't get cursed and threatened? This week, I was threatened by a sainted trans activist and didn't need Twitter support. First curse, name call, I autoblock. Chappelle said it the best. If the internet wasn't a place, you wouldn't go there. And for our lighter fare, before we go back into misinformation, here is that skit. Excuse me, miss. Um, where am I? Oh, the internet. Do you know I can find a new site? Oh, it's down there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hey, buddy. Buddy. Buddy, 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 buddy. Hey, buddy. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Hey, man, I know you. It's me, buddy. I have something really important I need to talk to you about. What's going on? One increase the size of your penis, up to four inches in a month, bro, and fat, too. Nah, man, I'm cool. It's all natural, dude. My friend's a doctor. Hey, brother, I'm a doctor. You're a doctor. Fucking right I'm a doctor. I use myself. I'm cool, I don't need no penis pills. Hey, these are not pills. This is a sag, a cream. You massage it into the skin and... No, come on, sir. Whoa! I'm sorry for bothering you, but I like that song. You know I can get some music around here? Or... Oh, yeah. You can get it right there. Oh. Or you can get it right there. Hey, Ron. Oh, you want to see me have sex? Nah, I'm cool. Want to see Paris Hilton have sex with her boyfriend? Yes, I would. Come on. All right. <laughs> Why don't you get on top of your face that way? You can see how pretty you are. <laughs> I don't know if that was her, man. It was a little grainy. It was that night vision. You can't really tell. I got to see that one more time, man. Let me just see one more time. Let's go. You know what, buddy? Why don't you just hold this? I'll go in there and check it out, and then I'll be right back out. Uh-huh. All right? Thank you. Why don't you get on top of your face that way? You can see how pretty you are. That was her, all right. <laughs> Play the cell. You sure you don't want to see me have sex? Yeah, I'm absolutely sure, man. I just want to get the score to the next game. Thanks. All right? <laughs> I do a great doggy style. I know, Ron. Okay? I got my stroke from you. Thank you, Obi-Wan. I'm done with the porn. <laughs> what? You want to see naked pictures, Holly Berry from Swordfish. Of course I do! <laughs> Damn, dude. You ain't tell me they had the girl from Price is Right. She got naked pictures? Damn. Thanks, man. Davey. Yes, sir. Um, you into goat play? What is goat play? Lizzie. Oh, oh, man. All right, come on, let's hurry up.
Dickens Holiday Shop. No. Gambling. No, please. Dick Consolidation. Nah. Gambling. Ah! <laughs> Dick Consolidation. No. Gambling. No, please. Dick Consolidation. Nah. Gambling. Ah! That consolidation. Gambling. Enough! Enough with the pop-ups! Hicks. Wow. How you doing? Hello. My name is Deborah. Hey, Deborah, I'm Dave. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You look kind of cute, Dave. Thanks, Deborah. Come here, I want to tell you something. Seriously, bro, I can make your penis fat and harder for longer. What the fuck? You tricked me. Now all this place is sick. You should all be ashamed of yourself, you heathens. There are no side effects. So not. So I have a lot of these comments, so I figured I'd jump in and show one of the many lessons I do through the year around inclusivity. So I usually start with this book, which I absolutely love. It introduces a variety of pronouns as well as multiple pronouns that someone might use. There's also a great video on amaze.org that goes into pronouns and how to respect people's pronouns. All these lessons are done in our morning meeting or in our ELA time because they're connected with writing and with reading. And they hit all our standards. This year's chart is a little wonky, but <laughs> all of these are from the students. The description and definition um, I help them with, but then the what to say and how to correct comes explicitly from them. And as you can see, it hangs up on our social justice wall right behind me. And then the infamous llama corn and narwhal is what we move into. So we actually practiced the sayings they came up with using the stuffed animals. So pretty straightforward, pretty simple, something anyone can do in a morning meeting or during a block. Trans women can breastfeed? And this is great news because I always wanted to breastfeed but I thought like my dry tits would give the kid an eating disorder. Kid just grows up and he's chronically sucking down the nozzles at yogurt land and I just have to be like, sorry, that one's my bad. Also, you might not know this about trans women. Our tits are really far apart. And I would have fun with that. I would just have a baby on each tit in the middle of a door jam and be like, look at her go. She can breastfeed two babies in two different rooms. It's Ripley's, believe it or not. I went to a very busy street corner on a Saturday afternoon in Asheville, North Carolina. 
and I took a big jug of bubbles, you know, children's bubbles that you would blow, very colorful bubbles. And I sat on a, a low chair, so I was eye level with the children. The children were loving the bubbles. They were enjoying them. And their parents would walk over. They were a little concerned about me because I looked odd to them. And when their parents would walk over, I would say, these are queer bubbles, and they're going to make your children queer. Not gay and lesbian, but queer, meaning that they're going to be healthy, happy, revolutionary queers. are going to put an end to racism, misogyny, transphobia, and help change this world for the better. A few of the parents thought it was funny or interesting and said, well, I'll love my children no matter what they do. But almost all of the parents were very upset and would grab their children and pull them away, uh, screaming, the kids would be screaming because they wanted to play with the bubbles. And as the parents walked away, I would, and they would, kept saying, they would keep saying to me, sorry, I'm sorry, while they're walking away. And I said, why are you sorry? I mean, I want to know what you're sorry about. So that was the ritual. It, was, it felt very productive in many ways. They're sick. Poet and professor tells parents bubbles. His name is C.A. Conrad. Conducted a street experiment in which he lured children with colorful bubbles. Query theory activism is predicted on two manipulative strategies, overriding the public's intuition with ideological coercion and using identity rather than behavior as a grounds for moral judgment. The first step to countering these strategies is to understand them. This person, Conrad, they, them, has been lauded by prestigious universities in teaching positions, fellowships, and lectureships at Columbia, Brown, UMass, Wheaton, Bates, Evergreen State, and other prestigious institutions. Correction, Evergreen State is not a pre prestigious institution. But it's us. This picture is a groomer. This illuminates an important point that it's not merely for mainly the specter of so-called groomers that arouses the fascist fear and promotes their violent response. Rather than their deepest anxiety concerns the sexuality of children as this emerges naturally in a society that is tolerant, diverse, and which bases its sexual ethics around consent rather than conservative sexual mores. By penalizing the dissemination of dangerous ideas such as that, children have a right to bodily autonomy by stigmatizing non-normative gender expressions such as drag and by promulgating falsehoods such as that there is no such thing as a trans child. The fascist reveals the true source of their anxiety, not that their children might be sexually abused, but that they might turn out to be gay, trans, or queers. No, that's... That's not it, Mr. Smart Guy. That's, that's not it at all. It's more about their kids. And kids shouldn't be thinking about sex, period, until they get their first boner. The next one. This is sick and alive, but these people believe it. These are all, I get all these from gays against groomers. Trans against groomers and gays against groomers. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm Dylan Camp, they, them, a member of the Glenson Educator Advisory Council. 
I wanted to share that a super cool webinar that I'm hosting next Thursday, Queer and Trans-Inclusive Autistic-Focused Sex Education is my passion and life's work and also the focus of my PhD work and research. So I'm really excited to share this with the community. I just presented it as a closing keynote of the National Sex Education Conference last month, and everyone loved it. 70% of autistic folks are LGBTQ+, and 50% of these population is trans or gender non-confirming. Remember last time we showed them doing Down syndrome? But Libs of TikTok is doing good shit. Here's one where they stopped another drag show. Breaking Wisconsin school cancels drag show for students due to safety concerns. More that they got caught here. And oh, I didn't get this one. Sorry. We'll cover this in two seconds. It's a good article. Uh, the next one is book display in a Maryland elementary school. These books discuss topics on gender identity, including the doctor's guess a baby's gender. They're really trying to push that in. Guess the baby's gender. Some trans people are preparing to flee the U.S. and seek asylum abroad, Vice says. The next one it's from a different article, and this lady, there, there's, only, there's like uh, 30 states right now, wouldn't even drive through, from the article. There are like 30 states right now, wouldn't even drive through, Ryan Azuriel Willow said. Her own experience and the increasing hostile national climate inspired Wilgot to start Transport, a budding nonprofit that seeks to help trans people transition, navigate bureaucratic mazes, and ultimately finance their journeys as they flee the country. Willow is considering claiming asylum in Ireland, a country she visited last summer and considers more accepting and safer than the U.S., and she felt like being trans was a non-issue while there. Though there's currently a lack of clarity around whether it's even possible for transgender U.S. citizens to claim asylum elsewhere, and an expert told Vice News it's unlikely the devoting situation in the evolving situation in the U.S. has inspired people like Willows to try. Well, I have just a simple phrase. Bye! Have fun now! I'm sure you enjoy getting kicked in the head by some soccer toughs. Because I don't think anybody's going to put up with your bullshit. It's not that you're trans. Nobody gives a fuck. When you were in Ireland, nobody walked up and said, Are you a real girl? It's Mr. Bubbles. That's what people are sick of. They don't want you around your kids. They just don't want them around their kids. Uh, Matt Ray, child gender surgeries and medicalization in the modern day lobotomy. Thank you, Turning Point UK. This is a trans man. I knew then what I know now. I may not have transitioned because this process turns you into a permanent medical patient and poses risks that doctors won't tell you about. I know they didn't tell me, so I want parents and children to be aware of it. It fucks you up for life. But what is our expert class doing? Here's Wikipedia. The grooming conspiracy. Not a conspiracy. 
Next one, the term obese is a slur because it's used to dehumanize us and harass us. It's not because our feelings are hurt by an accurate depiction. It is an outdated term that does more harm than good, and as such, it should be eradicated. That's it. This seems to be making the rounds in bigoted circles. Fat people have always existed and will always exist. Fear-mongering and normal human variation does not work on me. But while you're here, you're not harassing another fat person who might not be able to handle it. So go off. Obese is a slur because it's a term used to degradate and dehumanize. Well, the problem is it's a medical term. And as much as I didn't like it, I now wear my clothes and I realize I was a fat ass. That's why I got really sick from COVID. Had I not been fat, I probably wouldn't have got sick from COVID. But I was obese. Just refer back to... January 1st video this year and see my big head flaying morph into this face. I was large. The next article, I've been having this and I hadn't covered it because it's just so fucking silly. Non-white players account for 70% of the NFL. Nearly half of the Division I college football players are black. Scientific America, the terrifying ordinary nature of football's violence disproportionately affects black men who make millions while they're making it. The editor didn't like the response to it, so to dismiss the almost certain breaking down of their bodies is just part of the game as a process of objectification and commodification. The anti-blackness of the system is inescapable. Important analysis of football from Tracy Canada. And the replies to my tweet about systemic racism proves the existence of systemic racism. Demying your witch is proof you're a witch. Science, 2023. No. Then the article I queued in, but I forgot to cover last time. Minnesota poised to ban Christians, Muslims, and Jews from teaching in public schools. But that's not racist. Yeah. And lastly, turning point... USA, there it is, MSNBC attacked Representative Anna Polina Luna and slandered Turning Point USA as a mega white supremacist cult. The legal team has issued a cease and desist demanding that MSNBC immediately issue a retraction and apology in platforming these reckless and defamatory statements. And that's how it has to be handled going forward. You have to attack back. You can't tolerate the defamation that's happening just because you disagree and it's everywhere it's constant everything in our media right now that is factual against their agenda somehow conveniently is racist or homotransphobic or sexist when we don't have sexes or gender anymore that's the same crowd you know we don't have it but now you're saying we do very confusing. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please share with your family and friends. Go to SoundCloud. And I got the wrong picture. What the fuck happened here? Well, that ain't good. That's one of my walk ones. Boom. Bye-bye. Jeep. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic of the K, Rumble, and FopPodcast at gmail.com to tell me to go fuck myself. Interesting podcast. I think we're we're seeing the the 
the phrase on the edges of the Biden is untouchable. And I've been very impressed with the, the press briefs. I mean, they're going after him. Now, do it'll be gone by this week. By the time I come back and do a podcast after my surgery on Wednesday, you won't hear about it. It'll be gone. Because she's already doing that. Well, you got to talk to the, the DOJ. You got to talk to the, That's why they did it. And if you think anything is going to happen to him, you're seriously smoking peyote. Nothing's going to happen. He's going to walk. It's the way it is. But for those that are mega, well, Trump's going to walk too because they can't persecute him and persecute the other one. Specifically, when Trump kept mementos, he kept Ukrainian shit, which is very interesting. While he's simultaneously being investigated, his son is. I'm just saying, it looked like they were trying to clean things up so the next administration couldn't find it. Which makes you think, what did they get rid of that we don't know about? I mean, it's already on video. He was pressuring Ukraine. So, yeah. It's pretty fucking shady. It's shady shit. But he'll get away from it with it. There's no way he won't. So... Look forward to 8 and 9 tomorrow and Monday. I will finish the Army series. Uh, and then I will not do anything uh, Tuesday because Wednesday is surgery and I'm hoping to be back in the saddle. And our next show will commence on the 21st. I think by, you know, three days I should be able to come down and do this. I don't see it being that bad. Um you know, it's going to have to heal and it's going to suck. And then re-associating re- food is going to be rough and I'll probably be yakking a lot. But um, either out of my mouth or out my butt, which is what they're saying, I'll have a lot of diarrhea. But I should be able to come down 21st and we'll do another show. So I'll keep collecting podcast material and I will see you the 21st after my surgery. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Y'all take care.